Hello and welcome to the WordPress Chick Podcast. Brought to you by the WPChick.com. WordPress explained for those of us who get headaches when we hear words like PHP and functions, but want to make money with their WordPress sites. No boring code snippets here. Just WordPress happiness made easy. Now, here's your host, Kim Doyle, the WordPress Chick. All righty. What is up, friends? You Oh, gosh, I was about to say you're in for a treat. I told you I need a new intro. (laughs) Anytime I think you're going to learn some massive knowledge, I think you're in for a treat. And today is no exception. We are talking with the oh-so-awesome Rebecca Gill of Web Savvy Marketing. Rebecca is, uh, I'm not going to call her the SEO queen. I don't know if if she likes that term. (laughs) You know, it's so easy to add those like king, queen things, but it's not a whole... uh, it's not a whole lot of creativity there. Let's just say she knows her shizzle, okay? And you're you're really going to get a ton out of this. So this might be one of those episodes you need a pen and paper for. I'm just saying, or come back to it. I'm super excited though, because as you know, I have been kind of on a mission to go back to fundamentals and SEO is one of those. So I will be blogging about my experience with her course. Stay tuned for that. In the meantime, until that happens... Uh, enjoy the interview. And as always, guys, stay tuned till the very end, and I'll have some links for you. How did you get here? What was your backstory? What what brought you to what you're doing today? Uh, so my backstory was the fact that I was a VP of marketing for an enterprise software company out of Ohio. Um, and loved the company. It was a, you know, small uh, business, worked with them for, I think, like seven to 10 years in total. Um, and then it just, the dynamic of the internal uh, leadership shifted. And it was apparent that it just wasn't a good fit for me anymore. And I needed to go and it was in the middle of the recession. Um, and there were no jobs available. I live in the Michigan area um, outside of Detroit, and there were absolutely no jobs available. So if I wanted to exit, I had to uh, create something for myself and replace my six-figure salary. So that's what led me to Web Savvy, and um, it was a great move. I'm glad that I did it in retrospect. Yeah, wow. So how far in advance did you start doing this? Did you get the company going? Did you get Web Savvy running with clients, or did you just set everything up to, to make the move? No, not at all. Um, I am a type one diabetic and I was so upset over uh, my job one night. I mixed up my uh, medications, put myself in the ER for eight hours just from uh, just not paying attention to what I was doing. And after my eight hour ER visit, I sat on the couch for a week trying to recover. And it was really apparent to my husband and myself that we needed to make some changes in our lives. It just wasn't a healthy situation for me anymore. Um, so I quit and I just went and bought a Mac at the Apple store and started. <laughs> there was no, <laughs> there was no really, um, forefront, you know, planning or anything. I did register, um, I think a business name like a couple months before. And it, that was just like a worst case scenario. Should everything fall apart? You know, I just had, I had this web savvy marketing name, but I didn't do anything with it. That's, that's all I did. Right. And I think that, that was just to get me mentally through the challenge that I was facing in my day to day work life. And yeah, so no prep whatsoever. I just had to kind of jump in. And my husband at the time said to me, how are you going to do this? Where are you going to find clients? And I told him, I said, I'm going to blog and use SEO. 
He's like, what? And I said, well, no, that's what I've been doing for the last, you know, seven years. And it's worked. You know, we grew because we grew the business um, that I was working for 400% in two years um, with internet marketing. And I said, I said, I think I can do it. And he's like, okay, well, I got faith in you. Go ahead. (laughs) And that was it. (laughs) Holy moly. Well, that's one of those things, you know, I think that you know, there are, uh, I've heard saying there are two things that will drive people, inspiration or desperation. And from uh, your life perspective, there was a little bit of desperation to be around for your family. And so, you know, that's huge. And I think a lot of people, the benefit in that story too is, you know, I think when we think starting a business, there's going to be this massive plan and this strategy. And it, and mo- most of the time it's not, you just have to get in there and start doing it. Yeah, there was, it was, um, I've got the best word for me was preservation, you know, preservation of my sanity, my health and my family life. And, uh, you know, like, yeah, you just jump in with both feet and you had to have, I had to have a positive um, opinion of the venture and, and some faith. And I did and I'm, and it worked. (laughs) Amen. Um, (laughs) That's huge. And the benefit too, I, I think probably is with the amount of experience and your track record, you knew what already worked, um, which is huge. So, okay. So web savvy marketing, when you started it, were you planning on web design? I mean, starting with content and blogging, um, you know, was that where you were going to go? Like the premium theme market, you guys do premium themes. So what was the evolution of that for the business? So the business started with SEO consulting because that's what I knew. Um, I had I had done web design for our company, but it was just haphazard. You know what I mean? It's I wasn't skilled in it. I don't have graphic design background. I don't have a coding background. You know, I was learning as I go. So we started with SEO consulting, and you know, when I found clients right away based on my history and people in that industry wanting to hire me because they knew I what I had done it for my prior employer. My problem was nobody had access to their websites, or if they did it was all like HTML based and we couldn't change anything. So from that, I, um, I went into WordPress and Joomla. I had experience with them from my prior company and I, you know, started teaching myself website design, um, and the basics of, uh, customizing themes. And, um, that led into hiring a graphic designer and some programmers and a project manager. And now we've got, um, the custom website and development that we do from bloggers up to enterprise level clients. We do the stock theme store for Genesis. Uh, we do SEO consulting on a project by project basis. And then I also have the SEO bootcamp and the DIY SEO courses that we offer as well. So um, we've definitely diversified and, and shifted over the years, but all focused on that holistic of um, internet marketing and really trying to empower uh, website owners and bloggers to control their destination. Holy moly, that was a mouthful. Um, (laughs) But in a great way, I mean, that's obvious, you know, that I I love the evolution of things. And if we could, I would really like to focus today's uh, interview more on the SEO piece of it, because I think that would be really beneficial to the listeners. um, Because I, you know, I'm going to go ahead and speak for my entire audience and that most of them probably need help (laughs) with SEO. Um, You know, I know. do So, what about before we get into more specifics, you know, this whole idea that SEO is dead, and I don't think it's like this common thing, but I think people don't put the same emphasis on it that they used to, or they feel like they can't compete anymore. So kind of general thoughts on that. So I think people say SEO is dead because it's work and they don't want work, 
right? <laughs> um, it, there's just, there's no getting around to SEO's work. It's, it's not fast. It's not simple, but it's absolutely doable by everybody. You know, people, um, today are routing towards pay per click and Facebook ads because it's easy. They can just throw money at it, right? But it's a short term value where, where SEO provides a very long term value that's highly focused in your target market. And it, and it, it, it works. I mean, I can, sh- I can show you countless, um, examples of why it works in our business and of web savvy is, is a good example of that. And that's how I grew the company, uh, over the years. And it's, it's not dead. It's just, it is work and people need to learn SEO. And both either whether they do it themselves or they hire a consultant, they need to know the basics of it and feel empowered to control the process in that situation. And when they do that, they become successful. Well, and you know what? I don't know what your thoughts are on this, but I think there's this perception that starting an online business is just supposed to be easy. Content is work. You know, engagement is work. Email market, it's, it's all work. I don't think you need to, you know, beat yourself over the head, but you have to really be in this. I, you know, I keep going back to this marathon strategy versus the sprint. You know, I, I think paid traffic is a great complement to a solid SEO and content strategy. Um, but it's, it's certainly, I mean, it's kind of like having to constantly go out and buy leads as opposed to having them come in consistently through your site. So, you know, in terms of SEO and I, and I apologize. I don't remember, um, where I read this. Uh, maybe it was one of your recent articles or something you had written, but where SEO is not just about getting the little green dot, right? <laughs> The Yoast, the Yoast plugin we all use. Um, so if you could just like, I don't know if you want to share a case study or let's start with maybe some sort of fundamentals that you think people are missing when it comes to just basic SEO. So it's funny because I'm just, I've been working on my presentation for WordCamp Dallas um, next week. And this is exactly what it's about. It's about, you know, and I talk about what really matters in WordPress SEO. And guess what? It's not just the plugin, which a lot of people default to. They think that they install Yoast and they're good. Um, they get a little green dot. They think that they're heroes with SEO, but that's not the case, right? There's a really good SEO starts with asking questions. Your first question you have to ask is what do the search engines need? Right. Because if you please the search engines, you're going to be rewarded. The search engines need to make money. They make money by having a positive user experience for people that search in their, in their portal and re- return and eventually click on ads. But how do you create that, that positive user experience? You solve problems. You ask questions about what you do and what your target market does and what they need. And, how, and then you ask yourself, how can you solve those problems? And if you base an SEO process and, uh, you know, of a true process, Around those questions and serving your target market, you're going to win. And the WordPress plugin is a very small portion of that overall process. I mean, it is a process. You know, I mean, I like I, I go through that in my my online course, and the course is eight hours of just of just listening and reading um, and looking at the exercises. That doesn't even include your your homework, which is at least another sixteen hours. I mean, that's a lot of work. But like you said. It pays off because it's not like pay per click, which I always refer to as digital cocaine for marketers. You, know, <laughs> that you spend the money and it's gone. It's not because it's very targeted towards your, de- you know, the demographic that you're serving and it's long term. You are filling your funnel, not just today. You're filling it for the next seven years. If you do SEO right, because that content is going to continue to rank and you're going to continue to get traffic that's going to convert. 
Holy moly. Okay. So from that perspective, then where, where does somebody get started? And obviously, and for everybody listening, I will have links to the course, um, of course. Um, but you know, what's a good starting point? I mean, even to, to figure out, you know, where are the holes or what am I doing wrong? Yeah. So when I first started learning there, it was, um, I think 13, 14 years ago, right? There were not a lot of resources available. Google did not have a blog. Bing did not have a blog. They didn't have PDFs and white papers for us to read. You had to scour the internet for information. And thankfully, those days are gone. There's a lot of good resources and points of interest where you can go and really learn and empower yourself. Um, one of the first places I would suggest you go is to Google's um, getting started guide with search engine optimization. It's a PDF. It's an easy read, but they explain to you in normal language what's important to them and what you need to be aware of. There's a lot of, um, really good websites that have information. Um, like Yoast is a great tool, a great port place of information. My struggle with him is though he goes or that team goes in so deep with things, they lose a lot of people, right? Because it is, they are so educated and they're so knowledgeable. Uh, it is difficult for a novice in, in SEO to understand what they're talking about a lot of the time. So totally. start basic, you know, start with that Google PDF, start reading the Google blog, the webmaster blog, take a course like my course or, you know, attend my SEO bootcamp or other ones that are out there as well from reputable companies, because that's, there's, there's a lot of good step-by-step guides that you can follow and you can digest um, to get you started today. And that's something we didn't have 10 years ago. Well, so what about something? So let's say somebody thinks that they kind of have a decent understanding. Is there a way to determine, you know, or like, how about this, as opposed to how to determine it? What would you, where would you tell someone to start who they think they're, you know, I'm using Yoast and I think I use the right keywords and, you know, where's a good, what's a good tactic maybe to initially so start what, with? One of the first places you should go to is Google Search Console and what data Google's giving you. And if you don't have an account there, you need one. You need to connect your XML sitemap to that. You need to have your website verified or your blog verified. And you need to review that information because Google is not only just showing you, um, you know, where you're showing up in Google traffic, it, which you don't see in analytics because this is, you could be on page five and no one ever clicks through. It's showing you where you're ranking, right? You could be page five, you could be page seven, but you'll see what's working and what's not working. They'll show you your top pages, um, your inbound links, what you're talking about in your website. It shows you the top content keywords, which is really great because a lot of people talk about themselves and not about their target market or what they offer. Uh, you know, so there, that's the first place to start. And if you see yourself that you're ranked 30, on a lot of phrases and very few phrases actually have, you know, one to five ranking and actual traffic, then you know you've got a problem. Or if you look at those and it's not the right traffic that you need, you know, and it's weird, it's word, weird words, then you know that you also have a problem that you need to be a little bit more focused on your keyword selection and what type of content that you're providing. So, well, in terms of keywords, then do you, I mean, I know this is in, you know, in your course and whatnot, but Keywords, I think a lot of people think too, it's, it's kind of the headache and, and to go create them and find them and whatnot. Um, my question around keywords is, you know, there's sort of this debate, right? With writing for search engines or writing for people. And what do you recommend in terms of balancing those together? I am a strong believer in that SEO should never trump usability. Your user always comes first and that's the human visitor to your website. Your SEO is a way to get them into the, to, into the website so that you can help solve their problems. 
you know, when you're creating content, if you're creating content that your users need, a lot of times it's tweaks that you do to make sure that it's you're actually using the phrases that your target demographic uses. And you can find those phrases in emails and inquiries through your website and, you know, requests for proposal or conversations that you've had people, notes that you've had with people. There's so many Slack conversations. There's so many different ways to see the verbiage people are using and the troubles that they have and the questions that they have. Use that for your guide and then start looking at phrases around that content and looking for keywords won't be that hard anymore. Interesting. Well, yeah, because I think a lot, I know, I think it was, um, was it Syed Balki maybe? I was listening to an interview of his a long time ago with Pat Flynn and he was saying that, that, that Google actually or the search engines would, do they pick up languaging now at a certain point where, you know, they're looking, is it written for people and for users? I mean, is that, does that take they into do. consideration? Okay. They are so smart. It's not even funny. And when you, when I have, um, you know, I, I do clarity calls for SEO and, you know, conversations and things. And when I receive emails or have a clarity call and someone is trying to game the system, right? It, it floors me because that may have worked 10 years ago. It does not work today. Can you I mean, explain Google some, of, some of the gaming, the system, what you mean by that for people? Um, here's an example. So, and I actually fired a client over this because he would not see my way of thinking. He was, um, and it, it was a software company and they were mid market and they, they, they serviced universities and he wanted to have an individual page on his website for every version of his product, like the description, right? So software systems, solution, softwares, systems. He wanted to have an individual page for each version of that. And kind of present the exact same content. And he thought that was going to work with, with Google because he had an SEO consultant years ago tell him that. Which and would I tried piss to piss off that. a visitor, right? <laughs> I'd be I, pissed. I, I tried to explain that, you know what? That may have worked 10 years ago, but the search engines are way too sophisticated now. They're going to see that. They see your whole website. They see what content you have. They know what you're doing. That's gaming the system. What that's going to do is get you in trouble. And I could not get him to stop that, that practice. So I just, I just continued the relationship because I couldn't make him successful because he was trying to game the system. You will not win when you try to game, game Google. And if you do have a short term win, it is short term. It will go away fast. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like stuffing keywords, right? Like, which again, I, I don't know anything about SEO other than what I think I know. But um, people still want to do that. Can people still want to put, put text at the bottom of the page and hide it in white? I just read that. I just read that on Reddit um, this morning. I was drinking coffee and I was just scanning through one of the the the, you know posts, and someone said that they had a client who wanted to have all of the existing content on their homepage, but they needed to keep it for SEO. And since it was way too much, they decided they were going to put it in um, like an eight, you know, point font or PX font, and put it in there and put in tabs, so you really couldn't see it, but it was all still there for the search engines. Ew, like that is ridiculous. It's so strange to me. You know, you just feel like it's not 1995. Like why? (laughs) Yes, that was posted this, you know, I saw that this morning. So it was, it was either like, it's probably within the last 24 hours. And the developer was like pulling their hair out because they couldn't talk the client, you know, into not doing it. Um, so yeah, it still happens. It still amazes me, but I think it's because there is a lot of miscommunication and misinformation on SEO. There's a lot of consultants out there who, um, claim to have a lot of experience and knowledge when really they've got six months 
of yeah. reading and blog posts and there's no, uh, you know, authoritative body that's regulating this. So, um, it is, you know, that I think that that, that clutters the, the, the water and it just makes it really difficult for bloggers and website owners to know what's real and what really matters. Well, yeah. I mean, and at the end of the day, it, it's kind of like, um, the, the simplest way is if you're going to hire a consultant, where do they rank <laughs> for SEO? <laughs> right. Yes. I mean, but, but again, I think it comes back to this. God, what was I, I was thinking about this, um, recently and, you know, there's, there's an element to research that people don't want to take the time to do online anymore. I think they think they find something and it's like, do your due diligence and look at where these, where the people who are telling you they can help you. Um, you said something else too. It's like, if anyone promises to get you a page to page one, they're lying. That's, they, that's- they are because there's so much outside their control. I mean, if I, so I hire you as a client. I promise you I'm going to get you at page one, but what if you don't deliver any of the, the, you don't, you never give me content. You don't even give me access to your website. How am I going to get you to page one? So if anyone makes those promises, I'm, I'm, they're just, it's, it's, they're blowing smoke at you because it's, they can't deliver. What they can do is put their best due diligence in into getting you ranked and they can be educating you along the way so that you understand what SEO is and what it matters and how you can be an active participant in the process. Yeah, it's uh, every time I've had it. I, well, I don't really work with local clients anymore, but it's like this get me on page one without the the content piece of it um, is, is a little crazy making. Um, I want to shift a little bit into content and in the role that plays. I think a lot of people get stuck with creating content or they're not sure where to start. Um, just can you talk to me about content and SEO and, and the best way to go about approaching that? Yeah, so here's a, here's an example. I had a Clarity FM call today um, with a woman named Ivy. Very sweet woman, beautiful blogger, wonderful recipe blog, and she's almost ready to throw it in and close everything down because she's had such bad um, tr- a bad track record with SEO consultants and and developers, right? And you don't you don't have to you don't have to have that. You can have um, it. You know, so it's a matter of of knowing where to start. It's a no, it's a matter of, um, knowing who you can trust and, and being empowered. And I try to, to tell her, right. I'm like, Ivy, don't give up, right. You've taken the next steps. You're now you're, you're to the process of educating yourself and using what you have to make it better. And you're, you're, she's totally empowered to do it. And so what I did was during that conversation, she was telling me about, we were talking about 301 redirects, whoever she had hired in the past, both the SEO consultants and the website developers had completely jacked it all up. And she was losing rank. She lost a bunch of rank because of it. So what am I doing today? Right before I got on this, I'm writing a blog post about 301 redirects Mm -hmm. because that is something that my target market struggles with. So let me educate them about it. That's where I find my content, you know, ideas. And I use that every day, whether it's an inquiry that someone sends in, whether it's a, a Slack question another developer gives me, or it's a conversation like I did with Ivy today. You know, what your user is struggling with, that's the content that you generate. That, you know, that's the one thing I've said to people. I think it's the easiest thing, right? In terms of share what's going on. That's all you need mm-hmm. to do, right? It's not this like massive stock. And, and once you have more content, like I was thinking about this, uh, Monday, I, I, because I have a tendency to think I need to do a tutorial or I need to do that. And it's like, those are helpful, but at the same time, I get a lot of validation or shares when I do other types of content as well. And so I went looking back, uh, I used CoSchedule and one of the top shared posts was like the list of plugins I'd used in 2015. And so I thought, okay, well, I'm going to do like a, like a marketing stack, right? Like every tool I use in my business. And so there's ways to go back once you start creating the content. Um, 
I'd like to go back a little bit to the story with Ivy. So, and obviously without getting, um, uh, totally into what you would, a client would hire you for. But, you know, in that case, what if somebody has something, you know, like in that situation and you're, and you're fixing the, re- the redirects and whatnot? But, you know, like, let me just throw something at you. Like, I have a, uh, somebody I know who is doing sort of like a, a new food blog, new audience, new target. What if you don't have that audience? And you're not getting the questions. So where do you start from that perspective? I would ask around to anyone that I knew that would have, that would be potentially a reader of my blog. Ask what challenges that they face. So like the food blogger, if I'm, I'm, I'm a mom, I'm a working mom with two kids. I, I love cooking a big fat holiday meal, but man, I hate when I have to cook dinner on a weekday because I'm busy. You know, if someone were to ask me, what, what do you struggle with, with food or what do you want to know about food? And I, I'd tell them, give me fast, easy to make dinners during the week that are still healthy for my family. And those are the kind of things that I, you know, I mean, that's, uh, I gave you feedback and there's a whole lot of women like me out there that they could target. You know, I mean, it's what are, what are nutritional lunches for our kids at school? Because the school lunch program is a disaster. Right. But again, I'm busy and I don't know what that is. So, I mean, if, if you just ask around and the, the people that you know that are potentially your target demographic, that's a great place to start. There's other place to start is look at other bloggers and what are they doing? You know what? I, and I always do that with SEO. I look to see who's on page one, what they've written about and if I can make it better. And then I do. I have not done that. That's really funny. That seems so obvious. Now that it, it is. You just pull up your query and you're like, who's on page one? And you start looking at it and you're like, oh, I can do better than this. I can do better than this. That's what I used to do with the stock themes when I, you know, we were creating a lot of stock themes for Genesis. I just would kind of look around and say, you know, what's out there for accounting themes? I can do better than this. I can better serve the accountants that, you know, make it easier on them. And so that's how we would base the themes as well. That, that is awesome. I want to, let me, tell me a little bit more about the course because, and, this is sort of like a two part question. So obviously this is a, the course itself. Um, and again, listeners, the links will be uh, in the show notes, but so the SEO training course, when did you do that? And I mean, you've got a, a background and all this stuff, but, um, in terms of is this, this is the only course you have on the site? Was this the first course you launched through the brand? I have two. I have um, To the Top, which is an eight-hour course for SEO start to finish. And then I have Selling SEO Services, which is an add-on course that you can purchase. So they're both live. I have more courses in the works. I just haven't had a chance to launch them yet. Um, the co- You're a little busy. <laughs> I, am a, I am a little busy. The course was uh, something I thought about like forever ago. And then I just dismissed it because I thought nobody would want to take it, right? It would never sell. And then Corey Miller brought it up to me last, like, like, you know, January or no, it's not January, like, you know, November. And he said, you know what, you've got so much SEO knowledge, you need to create a course. And I thought, you know, it's funny, because I thought about that. But no, I'm, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he, he kept harping at me, I need to do it, I need to do it, I need to do it, people would really like it. And he was right. I mean, I launched it in January, and I had amazing sales that first month, um, just of people that knew me that were ready to scoop it up. It was great. And so what did you use to build the course, if you don't mind me asking? No, not at all. Um, so my course is built with uh, WordPress, obviously, um, WooCommerce, and LearnDash LMS. I love the LearnDash pro- product. I love Justin, the developer. Um, he's local in Ann Arbor to me. He's just really solid. He has an education background. And they're actually just nominated for an industry, a learning industry award, which is awesome. Um, and so, and because we had used LearnDash for some stock Genesis themes, I knew how to use it. We had done a big, a really big custom project with it as well. So um, I could whip it up really quick. I just used our regular web savvy theme for our actual website that was custom done for us. 
and I modified it a little bit and whipped up the course inside of it. And we were, um, I started writing the course in December, uh, finished it in mid January and launched it in January. That is outstanding. You know, do you do the, um, I know Troy Dean is a big proponent of, uh, there's a social add on. I think, do you do any of that? This is more of a self paced it, that there's not community built around this. No, it's definitely self-based because even though I say it's eight hours, you've got so many, you've got at least 16 hours of homework to do and you're not going to do it all, you know, at a rapid place. Most people are doing this over a couple of month process, you know, going through the course and doing their homework because you're really, you're researching competitors, you're looking up keywords, you're matching your keywords to your content via an audit, you're, you know, planning what content you have to write, then you got to write that content and optimize it. And then, you know, promote it online. So it is a long process, but it's meant to be a long process. It's meant to empower people and and give them an SEO process that they can follow themselves and get themselves into to keep them on track. Well, and don't you think too, like the, the whole course piece, it's funny because maybe it's just where I'm at in my life. Um, I don't need any more communities to be involved in. So I prefer the self-paced thing. And I think, you know, for, for people who are maybe thinking about course creation or looking into uh, LearnDash is you really have to think about who your audience is and, and how you can show up, whether you're going to do a big community or a Facebook group. I mean, that requires a lot. And so, I mean, I know he's had some great success with that. Um, personally, I love the self-paced work through it. You know, I don't want to feel pressure to get badges. <laughs> You know, it is. I have had people though um, get caught up, right? Life and work catches them up, and they and then they pull away from it, and then they start to forget about it. Which is why we're doing the boot camp, you know, because I'm still taking you through that course process, but it's going to be intensive, and we're doing it in two and a half days. (laughs) And I'm forcing you with exercises. I mean, I'm giving people homework before they come that they need to show up with homework. They have exercises in class that we're going to review, and they've got homework that you know at night after class. And it's a it's a you know you want an intensive get SEO under your belt and really get yourself going. This is, you know, that it, that's that compressed. But then there's people like me that, that would say, you know, no, <laughs> I can learn on my own. Just give me the course. Give me the online course. <laughs> okay. So that was a really good segue, Rebecca. I just have to tell you because that was the next question. So um, I, I do want to talk about the structure of the event, but let's talk a little bit about the SEO boot camp. So you're doing this with Corey Miller and Carrie Dills, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. okay. Is this your first live event? Um, I have done on-site boot camps for organizations, so specific to that organization and their teams, but this is the first one that we're opening up to anybody to attend. Okay, so share with me what's going on. Like, what made you decide to do this with the public? And, you know, I know that there's, I would guess that there's a little bit of pressure, like, okay, we got to sell some seats. So it, there is. So. <laughs> So the idea again came from Corey Miller and he's like, you know, you should do a workshop. And I'm like, well, I got a boot camp. I, you know, I've done boot camp. So I, he pushed me into it. So we, I approached Carrie and I said, I need a sidekick. Can you, you to help me execute? And you know, that's, that's familiar with my process. And Corey and Carrie, um, I've worked with them both on SEO so that they understand my process and what, what's expected of the attendees. So they were very eager to join me in this, in this, you know, this, this workshop setting. So it's two days. Um, we're basically going start to finish from defining your target mar- market, asking those important questions, finding keywords, researching your competitors, you know, that, that keyword to, to content matchup, writing and optimizing SEO friendly content. Um, you know, what's important with promotion. And we're going start to finish for two full days. Uh, I think it's like 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. on Wednesday and Thursday. And you get like 10 minute breaks. 
on a half hour lunch. And then on Friday, it's an, it's a, oh, the Friday is limited to only, um, 10 people. The first, first few days are 40 people. Friday is 10 people. And now that's going to be interactive where it's open collaboration for those 10 people with the three of us and where we can have one on one dialogue. So I can sit down with people and say, okay, tell me, you know, what are your takeaways from the last two days? What are you struggling with? Let's talk through this and we can work on that together. Holy moly. So what's the homework beforehand? Um, it's going to be things like, you know, it's, there's, there's a lot of questions I want you to ask yourself. There's a lot of documentation I want you to do so that when you come to class, you're going to hit running, you know, so that we can optimize our time together. And I don't want you to sit in class when I say to you, you know, who are your top competitors? Well, you know, who is your target demographic and ask you like what personas? I don't want you to sit there. I want you to start thinking about that and document it before you come so we can work on those together and we can weave that into an SEO plan. Let, let me ask you this. So the target market thing. Um, it, now, how? L- let me see if I can find the right way to phrase this, because a couple things come to mind. Like, obviously, you know, I think a lot of people have probably done sort of the avatar exercise and you define who your target market is. Um, you know, what's the best way to approach that? Again, if you don't if you don't know who your target market is, um, you know, are you approaching it from um, like, okay, you know, you get insights, right? Facebook will give you insights as an example, women, this age group. How, how do you approach that target demographic? I, I, in fact, the funny thing is, is a lot of personas talk about ages and genders and cars that they drive. I could care less, <laughs> to be honest with you. I do care about their technology level and their, their level experience with whatever you're offering, right? Because that's going to change the verbiage that you use. Um, what I care about is the groups of, the groups of people that you have. What kind of separates them? And there's no right or wrong. I mean, it can be a CEO to an IT manager. It could be a mom versus a teen. You know, it, it could be a small business versus enterprise. There's so many different ways you can classify groups in your target market. What's most important to me is who are they and what do they struggle with? And what do you offer specifically that matches up to their struggles? And what solutions can you offer to solve their problems? You know, and it's the, it's the, it's the narrowing in on the problems so that you can weave that into your SEO strategy. A lot of people like focus on brand names and products and very generic terms, right? Like enterprise software. That is not what you're going to build SEO around. You're going to build SEO around your, your visitors problems because then you can get them early in the buying cycle and they drink your Kool-Aid before they even start looking at anybody else. You're already their trusted authority. You know, yeah. and that's how you win on SEO. And by the time they go to make that buying decision, you've nurtured them along with information and knowledge, and they think that you're the only solution. That's how you win. Do you have any case studies that you could share sort of that have gone along this? And I know this is totally on the spot. So, um, but you know, it is, that I did, um, probably four years ago. I have not done any sense and it's just been due to being busy and not going back and digging through analytics and things like that. The one problem with SEO is that you, a lot of times you get NDAs. So there's very little that you can share publicly because people do not want you they do not want to know who's who they've been working with when they are successful and they lock you down quickly that's well they don't want their competitors to hire you which i would exactly guess, yeah i would guess at some point that would feel odd anyways to be like well i worked with this sandwich shop and now that a competitor is going to hire me so yeah i mean it's i i we won't work with anybody that we're currently working with with one of their competitors i don't i don't view that as ethical Although I can't rule out the fact that I worked with your competitor four years ago because I have knowledge in your space, right? And especially from an SEO standpoint, that's, that's important because when you start talking about your 
your offering or your target market and their needs, I, you know, if I have experience and I quickly understand, you know, there's no learning process for me to go through. So what are your thoughts on with, with SEO on uh, competition, you know, so like, I don't know, I mean, WordPress, highly competitive word, right? So you got to, you got to be able to drill deeper in terms of competition. How can somebody figure out where, where they're best going to suit like a broad market? I think that there's two types of competition. There's competition from like a a mass standpoint. Like I used to compete against SAP and Oracle and Microsoft. Then there's competition at um, not a size, but more uh, um, like a lower level numbers where WordPress has so many people in the industry all vying for the same keywords. So there's not dominance. You know, there's only a few dominant players, but there's all these other people, these, this, this lower level pool vying for that business, vying for that activity. So there's, you know, there's two types, but you can win in both. It's finding your niche when you're in that, like that WordPress environment, you know, you just don't want to go over generic WordPress. What do you do special within WordPress? You know, who, what, what are your, is, is it learning management? Is it membership sites? Is it e-commerce? You know, is it restaurants? What is your niche? And focusing on that. On the other side though, if you're, if you're working against or you're competing against large companies like SAP and Microsoft, They have large organizations and they have large departments dedicated to SEO. And guess what? They're fragmented. There's usually no one in control of the ultimate process. So they they compete against themselves. And believe it or not, it's really easy to win against those people because they don't have anyone running the ship. And it's all it's all just um, a big mess. Right. And that mess makes it difficult for Google to understand their content. And that's how you can win because you can be a lot more strategic. Yeah, I would guess some of those bigger companies are like, well, yeah, we need to create content. So I'm going to hire you go create content. And there, there's no like really the, the, the behind the scenes effort that you're talking about in terms of SEO and a strategy and really paying attention to it. It's like, they don't do it. Yeah. I can, I can look at my old industry and the companies I used to compete against and they still have the same problems they did back then. That's how I could win against SAP and Microsoft. You know, they just, they didn't have that focus that I did and where I stayed very consistent on my plan and I executed my plan. And that plan I used 10 years, 10, you know, 15 years ago is the same one I use today with WordPress and SEO and the same one that I teach. I mean, it hasn't changed. It's just, it's a, it's, it's a process and it's staying focused on your customer. I always joke around that I sort of accidentally found a niche within WordPress and it was simply because I had set up analytics uh, and it was just paying attention like, wow, this content's getting more of a click through and this is getting more, more traction. And then of course, as people start sharing and commenting, you get a little bit more of that. But, um, you know, if, if somebody needs to just start stepping into this today and they're going to do it over time, you know, is there, I, I don't know, like in terms of my sort of accidental figuring out a niche, if you don't, I, I guess, what is the, is it a detriment to just create content around what you think people want and what you find while you're learning? I don't think while you're learning. However, I do think that you need to have a strategy and a plan. Otherwise, it's going to end up being haphazard and you won't have the success that that you want to have. I mean, I definitely, so I've always had some type of editorial plan where calendar where I've, you know, thought about things I want to, I want to blog about, I want to write about, but then I always have things come up like my conversation with Ivy today. Right. And it's that's that's a timely issue that I want to address. And so I weave in both that that structured process with just what I what I fall into for that day. And I think that that's a good balance. Um, and so if you, you know, were those people that don't have focus yet and don't have a niche, um, you know, start push yourself in to just get get writing. And because it's going to take you a while to find your voice anyways. Yeah, w- without a doubt. I go, I joke around. I go back to the first post I ever wrote and I was like, uh, robot wrote that. <laughs> it's painful. 
Mine were about nothing, right? It was about something I read on the internet and it was like, oh my gosh, that's so painful. But it was because I hadn't found my voice. I had the knowledge in my head. I just hadn't found the voice and I didn't have a persona built up. And I didn't know I could be me yet, that I could truly be me and just let me talk to people because I came from that corporate environment. Well, that's where I found like things take off. As soon as you pull your own voice in, it is... And then, of course, it's a practice, right? Just like anything else, the more you write, the easier it gets to to crank out good content. Here, here's a very quick story. I when I so when I used to work for enterprise software, um, I blogged on a on a website called IT Toolbox, and I, I was like one of the earlier bloggers, right? I mean, Ziff Davis featured me on something saying that I was I was an early adopter and blah 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 blah. But anyway, so I'm I'm working for the software company. I go. Across the, the coast, I'm in California. I'm at a conference for accounting software. I'm in the booth all by myself. And this older gentleman named Jay says, I know you. And he's adamant that he knows me. And I'm like, I have no idea who you are. And then his wife's like, no, he knows you. He must know you. So an hour or two passes. And finally, Jay comes back up to me. He goes, I know how I know you. I follow your blog and IT toolbox. I really liked your post about ERP software and Girl Scout cookies. I also liked the one about the candle situation. And he starts like going off about all this content I wrote. Holy moly, that's fun. <laughs> Is that funny? And back then I had 5,000 followers on IT toolbox, which was really big because nobody really read blogs back then except for IT managers and, you know, and a few people. No one knew what it was, but Jay did. And Jay remembered my face. And the funny thing was I said to him, I go, I said something about the product. He goes, yeah, I don't remember what your product name is or your company name. He goes, but I totally know you and I love the way that you write. God, that is awesome. That's finding your voice. That right? is totally, yeah, absolutely. And resonating with your reader. Well, that's where I was talking to you about the email marketing that I've gotten into. It's like, the more I pull me into it, the more responses I get, the more engagement I get. And so I don't know how not to write with my voice at this point. <laughs> I don't either. People always say that you write like you talk to me. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I, 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 yes, I have to because I feel that if I don't, I'm not being genuine. Let me ask you this. What, what role does social play with SEO? It's important. So, and, and that's a struggle too. So that if people don't want to, um, have any access on social media, it's difficult. Like lawyers and doctors really headbutt it because of the type of um, environment they work within. But so, you know, years ago, the search engines put a lot of emphasis on inbound links to your website or your blog. Um, and everybody chased link juice, which I hate that term. But um, so, so that was super important. Unfortunately, the spammers got a hold of it. They started to game the system. They started to create automation and really just took it out of control. So the search engines have replaced some of the value with those inbound links with social media. And so social media is definitely part of the algorithms. They definitely look at what networks you show up at. What do you have accounts? What content gets shared? Who reshares your content and interacts with your content? Are they in your, your industry, your space? Are they of authority? There's a lot of, um, variables that go into the digesting of social media and how it relates to your content. And I've done trials and error, even with Google plus. And I'm telling you, especially with those stock themes, if I didn't have a certain process with the stock theme releases, those products would not rank. But if I did my process, they would rank on page one within a couple of weeks. Interesting. Does Google Plus still have a really strong hold in, in for social? I mean, I'm, I share. No. Yeah, I, it's, I, a, it's a ghost town, but I still use it because it's a Google property. And until they shut it down, I'm still going to use it because they're driving, you know, 50, 60 percent of the traffic to my website. Wow. Yeah, I, I share my stuff there. I'm just not on it ever. Um, but yeah, that's- I loved it back in the day when it first came out and it was active. I absolutely loved it. 
and not just for traffic, just I liked finding information there and the conversations there. But Google's just shifted so much of it and taken away features and, you know, changed things. It's just, it feels, it's difficult to use now. Yeah. One more question with um, social and SEO in a way. What are your thoughts on, you know, I, I don't pull in Facebook comments to blogs or anything, but what are your thoughts on people who use that instead of the, the default WordPress commenting? You know, um, I don't have an issue with either way. Um, I think engagement is positive as long as it's not, you know, just a, a storm of negativity and people just ranting. I think any type of engagement you can get, whether it's, you know, inherent blogs or comments on your blogs or, or um, comments on Facebook, you know, whatever that is, I think that it's a value because it, it, it just, it basically engages people. I hate to use that phrase, but it, it, you're keeping the, the, the visitors to your website or your blog engaged and you're keeping your content alive and yourself in front of them. And however you get that done, power on. Okay. So it's not this whole idea of, cause I always thought it was more that, well, that's if, if it's a Facebook comment, you don't own the content. Well, it, well, you don't own the content. However, it goes towards the algorithm. So am I going to put my life on Facebook, you know, and give, let them have my, um, my destination within their control? No. Do I share content and encourage blog comments and, you know, an interaction? Absolutely. I wouldn't give, that's why I like WordPress. I wouldn't allow anybody to have control of my destiny. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what about, um, sorry, these keep triggering other questions. That's okay. What are your thoughts on Medium? Because I've seen a lot of people, I've written one post, just a thought on it. Um, but I've seen a lot of people where they will post the content first on their site and then they post it on Medium and it says this was originally posted on, you know, my blog here or whatever. Um, does that help? I mean, obviously you're getting more readers. Um, but what does that hurt you from an SEO perspective? I used to uh, cross post content from like that I would first post on my website and we would do this for us and for clients and then post it over on IT toolbox or other blogs. And, you know, duplicate content's an issue with Google. They don't like it. It just clouds, you know, the, the search results. So I don't encourage it. I've not encouraged it for years. I've not done that practice of posting stuff over to medium. Um, I want people to come back to my website. I want them to see the products and the services that I offer. And what, you know, and what we give to the community. So my, my whole goal has always been drive people back to my properties so they can see and learn more about us and what we do and hopefully how we can help them. Yeah, it was, I tested Medium and it was, I like the writing experience. I will tell you that. I, I really enjoy the writing and I know you can do the distraction free writing on WordPress and I'm not one of those people that will go write elsewhere and then bring it back. I'm like, nah, I just format it in the content. Um, but I, I kind of struggle with that. I'm like, well, if I'm going to write, I really should just be doing it on my own property. It just doesn't make much sense. Yeah. It's, it's, and it's funny. And I think, I think I'm a little bit jaded because, um, because of being in, in WordPress and SEO both, there's so many new things that pop out all the time, you know, that everyone gets excited about and it, they can suck up your time. Yeah. I mean, they, they absolutely can suck up your time. So I try not to, to, um, embrace that very quickly. I let things settle. I see if it's going to stick and then I will get involved. You know, if it's going to stick, I'm going to, I'll use it. But otherwise I would be chasing those technologies all day long and I would never get anything done, nor would I have any new clients. <laughs> you know, I, I've done rants. Like I am not getting on Snapchat. But- you know, I just, and, and it's not a, it's not a rant at Snapchat, but I'm like, I don't have the bandwidth for one more platform. I well, and honestly, it's just, it's an insane tool and I'm on it to, to stalk my 16 year old. 
Yeah, both my kids are on Snapchat, but they're more Instagram. And, and, and it's, it is, it's just one of those things where I'm like, it just kind of makes me crazy. I'm like, I don't see how this would help marketing at all. <laughs> you know what? It's my target demographic is not on Snapchat. If I was B2C and selling to 15 year old girls and I had cosmetics to push, I'd be on Snapchat. That is not my target demographic. So I am not going there. And that's kind of the basic at the end of the day, right? Where's your audience? You know, yeah. truly. And it's, and I'm probably the only WordPress person who says that's like, I haven't been to a WordCamp since the last San Francisco one was here. And Carrie wasn't, I wanted to have dinner with Carrie and see Bob WB. And, but, and only because when my time is tight, unless there's going to be people that I can connect with socially, mm-hmm. I'm like, my audience isn't there. They're, they're I, just not. Yeah. I have a different view of WordCamps. I go to be um, re-energized. The community and the friendships from them so inspire me and just give me energy to push forward. That's why I go. Have I gotten clients from them? Yep, I have. Web design clients, theme buyers, course buyers. But I, I that is not my primary reason I go. I go because I need that that emotional lift that they give me. And they do. Well, that's just it. I think that events in general, I mean, even with your event where it's going to be, um, you know, very hands on, but there's going to be a connection piece. And so that's just it. I, I think, you know, the word camps I've been to have been very developer centric and it's just not, that's not my audience. It, yes. And, or yeah, and me. I was really intimidated my first ones because of that. And it was funny because when I went to Las Vegas, which was my first away camp, Chris Lama made a great um, gesture and introduced me to everybody that he knew. And my first comment to them was, I don't code. And he pulled me aside and he said, stop that. And I went, what? He goes, you keep saying that every time I introduce you to people, they don't care that you don't code. They want to hear about what you do do. And you've got amazing talents. That's what they want to hear. So don't do that the next time I introduce you to somebody. And he was right. I was doing it. I sat there and I looked at him. My face turned beet red. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm doing that. It's just that intimidation factor, you know, and and I, I did, I stopped it right then. Um, but it's just, you know, it's, I think it's, there, you have varying impressions of WordCamps and, um, which is great. It's just part of our community. Yeah, it totally is. And not knocking them. It's just, you know, you just get to a point where I'm like, well, it depends on who, what, when, where. There's so many factors. Um, but yeah, God, so give us the details for the SEO bootcamp. So SEO bootcamp is taking place in January. There is, and it seems like a long time away, but it's not because there's only 40 tickets available in total because we want to keep it intimate. We are already selling tickets. Um, so you're not going to be able to wait until January to buy. It just won't be available. Um, you can buy the first two days standalone, or you can buy all three days. And there currently is a $500 discount available. If you um, purchase your ticket, we're offering it to a few, um, like the first 25% that we're selling. Um, just so kind of an early bird special. So it is in Dallas, Texas. It's right in the heart of the city. So there's lots of um, both low to high end hotels around. There's restaurants and bars. So you can fly in and just Uber on over and then stay there. You don't even need to leave. Nice. Okay. So it's a three day event. And then is there any, are you guys doing meetups or dinners or any of that kind of stuff? Uh, no, because you have homework. <laughs> I thought about that. And then I thought, no, they've got homework. They need to go home and they're going to have homework that night. So I can't be having dinners because I got to give them time to, first of all, decompress from everything they learned that day. And then they've got to have, you know, some quiet time and they got to do some work. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. You know, and this is, it's one of those events where it's going to be like, yeah, your brain really needs to just 
okay, breathe for a minute <laughs> and go back. It in. is, it, but I, and I, but I'm excited to do what I've used to do, um, in-person training at my, the software company all the time. And I really enjoyed it. And there were five days straight, you know, gigs that I would do and I'd travel all over. So I am looking forward to getting back in. I love doing podcasts and, you know, doing coaching calls through clarity and educating people, but you don't have that one-on-one feedback that you can see from someone's face and their reactions. And you get that in that insight you know, that on-site training and, and especially at that group environment, it just, it, they'll, people will feed off of each other and they'll learn from each other. And then I'm there to help lead it and then, you know, make sure that we're all on track. So I'm definitely looking forward to it. God, that sounds great. And everybody listening, I will have the link, of course, to the SEO bootcamp in the show notes. Um, and we'll be supporting this through some email and stuff too. Um, so lastly, you, you have a ton on your plate, Rebecca, but is there anything else coming this year that, that you want to share? Um, if there is, I'm going to cry. Girl, <laughs> I'm hoping it's a massage and sleep. So leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I, I, if I, if God is willing, I will have more, um, SEO courses on SEO, on DIY SEO courses.com. You know, if we, if, if SEO bootcamp sells out, we're going to rebook another one right away so that we can, you know, keep that going because I think that that's going to be a great learning event. Um, I'm, well, we have more Genesis child themes coming for the store. Um, I, if I have any more than that, I, it's going to be a problem because we still do custom development. <laughs> Holy moly. Yeah, you're going to need, you should be booking a spa weekend after this event for yourself right now. <laughs> I agree. Make that happen. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you schedule, it'll happen. That's kind of my, yeah, my mentality. Like I've started going through my calendar and I'm like, block time, block time, block. It's the only way I get that, those windows. Rebecca, thank you so much for being here. I am, I'm actually, I got to get this course today. I'm super excited to, to dive in and I w- I'm going to share the experience with people just that as I tweak stuff. And so I'll kind of blog about the journey of going through the course. I think. Oh, we- I would love you to do that. Carrie Dill started doing that. Um, and, and it was just really, so for me, it's really fun to watch that experience and see what what you discover in it and the epiphanies you have. And I would leave comments on her blog for everything that she was writing. I'd love for you to do that too. Um, And I will track your blog and I will continue to make comments on whatever you post so that you have that feedback as, as do your readers. Okay. Awesome. So everybody, I'm going to be a live case study. (laughs) So this should be fun. Um, So everybody, you know, the drill, just stay tuned again. I'm going to repeat the links at the end of the episode, Rebecca, thank you so much for being here. My pleasure. Appreciate you having me. See what I'm talking about? Well, my nose or shizzle. So if you want to take your SEO up a notch or like 10, which I do, go to the wpchick.com forward slash Rebecca Gill, and that'll take you to her SEO course. And of course, in the show notes, I've got links to the SEO bootcamp. So if you want some hands-on live training with Carrie Dills, Rebecca Gill, and uh, Corey Miller, that's January, and it's three days where you guys are not only going to be taught, but you're going to get to implement everything you learned. So again, that's SEO Bootcamp. The link to that is in the show notes, as well as you can just go to the wpchick.com forward slash SEO Bootcamp. And for Rebecca's course, that is the wpchick.com forward slash Rebecca Gill. All right, guys, as always, thanks so much for listening. Have an awesome day. I love you tons.